0: Come on, are you ready for God's Word? Next Sunday, we're going to start a brand new Christmas sermon series. We're going to call it Rediscover Christmas. But today, we're going to conclude our four-part sermon series from the book of 2 Thessalonians. We've been calling it Unshakeable. And we've been learning how to live an, an unshakable life in shaky, turbulent times. This morning, we're coming to the last verses. And I want to invite you to get your Bible out of chair with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 6 down to verse 18, and we're going to see what was going on in the Thessalonican church, and why did Paul have to say what he had to say. Now, I need to prepare you. The best are the last verses. I can't wait to get to them. They are so life-giving, and uh, there's some powerful truths to share with you from that. Let me break this message into two parts. Number one, I want to talk to you for just a couple of moments about six ways to keep on being busy for Jesus, being occupied for Jesus, doing what we should for Jesus in these challenging days. I want to share with you these six things. And number one, I just want to challenge you by the words of Paul, where Paul teaches us, number one, to keep away from the people who are idle, And because they were idle, they were really disruptive. We're going to learn what that means in a few moments. They were idle, they were lazy, they were disruptive, and uh, they were messing up things in the life of the church. Look at verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you. Now, the first thing I want to point out, in the original Greek, it actually starts with, we command you. And command is a Greek word that Paul used. It's a military word. It's like a superior calling his soldiers into rank, calling his soldiers to get in line. We command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not my name, not my name, Paul's name, but in the name of Jesus. And in case you're wanting Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. He puts the word Lord in there because if he's your Lord, you would want to live out these truths. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters. He's talking to the believers in Thessalonica. Keep away. Simply means to avoid. It means don't spend too much time with these people. Keep away from every believer. He's not talking about unbelievers. He's talking about believers who, who, who are idle and disruptive. They're idle and they're disruptive. And does not live according to the teaching that you received from us. Now, I'm going to share with you what was going on in those days. And to help us understand it, I need to share with you that there is actually three influences of those days. First of all, there's the the influence of the the Jewish people. If you had Jewish roots, you knew in those days that the Jewish people actually viewed that the people who studied the pages of the Talmud and the ancient manuscripts, that that was really work. But if you worked in the secular realm, that wasn't work. They viewed the spiritual studying of the scriptures as work. And they had the spiritual attitude, and it was infiltrating the Thessalonican church. But if you had a Greek background, there was a Greek attitude that stepped in. It was the superior attitude. And I hate to tell you this the superior attitude where people say, We don't work, it's for the slaves and the servants. We're Greek, we're superior. But the real issue that Paul was dealing with was not the spiritual attitude and and, and not the superior attitude, it was the soon coming of Jesus attitude. And there was a whole bunch of believers that misunderstood Paul's teaching, and because they misunderstood it, they misapplied it, and they quit their jobs, and they went on a mountaintop, and they're like, we're just going to wait for Jesus to come back because he's coming back so soon. We're not going to work. We're just going to quit our jobs, and we're just going to wait for his return because it's coming so quick. Paul addressed this in his first letter, right down 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11. He talked about it in his first letter, and then he picked it up in chapter 5 of his first letter, verse 14. He talked about it twice, but it didn't change some of these people. They were quitting their jobs, they were becoming idle, and they misunderstood Paul's teaching of the second coming of Jesus. And so Paul said to these Believers, stay away from these idle people. Stay away from these disruptive people. Let's go to number two. He then talks about following the example of hard workers. And he points out the example that he, Paul, and his companion, Timothy, and his other companion, Silas, model. Look at verse seven. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We weren't idle when we were with you. We weren't lazy. Look at verse 8, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. It's not like Paul went out for a burger and then pulled the old trick, I forgot my wallet, and let someone else pay for it. He wasn't idle, and he didn't do that. He didn't eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, look at their work ethic. We work night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would never be a burden to any of you night and day. Laboring and toiling. Look at verse 9. We did this not because we, we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. We did it because we wanted to model a work ethic. I want to make a statement today, and I really believe this, that we as believers need to model in our workplace a work ethic in the name of Jesus. We need to give it our all. We need to give it our best. We need to make sure that we show up on time. We need to make sure that we put in our full effort. We need to make sure that we're set an example of hard work or it will weaken our testimony. Here's a novel thought. Could it be that God has given you gifts and he's given you talents and your workplace is not meant to be a burden? It's meant to be a place where you shine the light of Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, we we set this example. Now, I I have some people come to me and go, Mark, don't you know that work came with the curse and the fall of man? And I go, no, I didn't know that, because that's not true. When I read the Bible, God modeled work. He created in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day. And when he created Adam and Eve, he placed them in the garden to work the grounds. But then when sin came, That's when the thistles came with the ground and and, and the the beauty of work was lost and and it needs to be redeemed. Work is something that God created. I hear some people go, have you ever seen the bumper sticker? A, A bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. And then some people point out the other bumper sticker, I owe, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. But the truth is, before we can talk about a Sabbath, We have to talk about work. So many times we focus on the Sabbath, but we don't talk about a work ethic. And I'm glad that my father and my mother taught me a good hard work ethic. When I was a teenager, I worked in a grocery store, and I saw some of the work ethic that wasn't so good there. I literally saw some of the workers working the night shift, stealing food, and going, well, we deserve it. We work night shift. I'm glad I never fell prey to that, because all of them were fired one day. I'm glad that I kept a good... Good work ethic, standing for Jesus. And I think as believers, we need to have a good, strong work ethic. Is there a witness? Come on. Is there a witness in the house today? Paul said, verse 9, we do this not because we have the right to, to, to such help, we, in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. I want to take you to number three. Work is the responsible thing to do. It just is. Look at verse 10. We're going to learn that it's the responsible thing to do. For even when we were with you, Thessalonian believers, we gave you this rule. The one who's unwilling to work shall not eat. Please underline the word unwilling. It doesn't say unable. It says unwilling. There's always folks that they can't work. There's a disability. They're unable to work. Not that they don't want to. They can't. And there's often great reasons why someone can't work. And we must never judge them. And I don't know about you, but I have to guard my heart. And I see it now in this end of Ottawa. And I see it more so downtown where someone's standing at a streetlight with a cup out asking for money. And it's easy for you and I to go, what's wrong with those people? Can't they just get a real job like me and stop freeloading on we hard workers. The problem with that attitude is we don't know what life has dealt to them. We don't know the whole story. I pray that we would never become jaded, but we would always remain benevolent in the name of the Lord. I pray that we would model it, but not judge it. Is there a witness in the house today? The one who's unwilling to work should not eat. Unwilling, not unable. Look at verse 11. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. He's not talking about the superior attitude, and he's not talking about the spiritual attitude. He's talking about the believers who had the the, the soon coming of Jesus attitude, and they they were bailing on their jobs, and they were be- not just waiting and lazy. They were meddling. They were busybodies. They had too much time on their hands. And they were putting their nose into other people's business. They were stirring the pot. And Paul said, enough is enough. You need to get busy for Jesus, not getting busy in other people's lives. Is there a little witness in the house today? Amen? Amen? So let's just track this. We hear that some of you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They're busy bodies. Verse 12, such people we command. There's the Greek word command. That military term, get back in rank, get back in line. We urge in the Lord Jesus Christ, you you people need to settle down and you need to earn the food that you eat because work is the responsible thing to do. Then there's number four do the right thing even when others don't. There's times you're gonna go, it is not fair come on, Mark, I work hard, I show up on time, and I stay late. But that other person, they're always late. They don't give it their all, and they got the promotion. Mark, where's Jesus in this? I'll tell you where he is. He's still on the throne. Come on, he's still on the throne. He's in charge. He's watching. Paul said in verse 13, and as for you, he switches gears, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. And I believe Holy Spirit wants me to challenge everyone in the house, everyone watching online. Never tire of doing what is right. Always honor God. Always put God first. Never view your job as your burden. View it as your calling. View it as your mission field. Don't live your life for the weekend. Don't say, I can't wait for Friday. Make the most of every single day. Get up and give the day to Jesus. Go to work and give it your all. Pray that your testimony will open the door for For you to share the love of Jesus Christ. God is giving you talents and giftings. Not just for a paycheck to put food on your table. But to plant you specifically somewhere to be a beacon and a light for Jesus Christ. Come on, is there a witness in the house today? God has given you a witness for him. So never tire of doing what is good. But then there's number five. There's these three steps that Paul gives and he teaches us how to deal with this, this problem of these people who are bailing on their jobs and misunderstood Paul's teaching and they needed to get busy and they needed to get occupied. So he gives them teaching. He talks about church discipline. We don't like talking about church discipline. I hear people all the time going, I don't want to talk about this. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. I Let the Holy Spirit do the church discipline. And I go, can't the Holy Spirit work through someone? Think of David. He sinned with Bathsheba. Who, who spoke to him about his sin? Nathan the prophet. Nathan knew David. David knew Nathan. And God worked through Nathan to bring some discipline that was necessary. Now, watch this. Church discipline is never for punishment. It's always for restoration. It's always to get the person back on track, back redeemed, back online. What's the three steps? These three points are brought to you by the letter P. The plan, verse 14. Paul said, take special note of anyone who doesn't obey our instructions in this letter. Take note of them. Figure out who they are and be aware of who they are because they need to be corrected and they are hindering what I want to do in the church in Thessalonica, the plan. Number two, the process, this is going to rock your boat. Do not associate with them. Don't spend too much time with them because if you spend too much time with them, you're condoning their wrongful actions. Don't associate with them. That's the process, but the purpose is in order that they may feel ashamed. Number three, the purpose, that they would feel ashamed. I've had people say to me, Mark, what would you today, what would you do today if you knew Jesus was coming back tonight? I hope my answer would be I would do nothing different than I'm already doing. Let me express why I said I would do nothing different than I'm already doing, because I hope every day I get up, what I'm doing is what God wants me to do. I hope that we are not a church that if we knew Jesus was coming back tonight, that everything would have to change between now and tonight. Here's my theory. I believe Jesus Christ is coming back soon. I believe he can come back today before lunch. He can come back today before this sermon closed. He can come back tomorrow, this week, next year, in five years, in ten years. I believe he's coming soon. He might come in our generation. I believe he is, but I might be wrong. He might come in the next generation or the generation after that. But I choose to live every day like today's the day that Jesus is coming back. So if someone asks you, what would you do different if you knew Jesus was coming back today? I hope the the answer is I do nothing different because every day I'm giving him number one in my life. Every day I'm doing what is right. Every day I'm letting the love and the light of Jesus Christ shine through me. Every day that I get up, I'm putting him first in my life. Is there a witness in the house today? That's the kind of life we need to live. Then there's number six. Don't, don't, don't be harsh with those who are messing up. Paul said in verse 15, yet do not regard them as an enemy. They're not your enemy. You want to restore them, but warn them as you would a fellow believer. It's interesting how we can judge someone else's sin because it's not our sin that we're struggling with. Everybody sins. You just sin differently. And I think what we need to do is not be harsh. Do all we do in the spirit of love. Do all we do to bring honor to Jesus. I want to segue, I want to take you to the final part of this message. And I want to talk to you for a couple of moments about three final prayers that Paul prayed at the close of his letter. And the first prayer is a prayer for God's peace. Number one, a prayer for God's peace. In verse 16, he says, now may the Lord of peace himself. Who's the one of peace? It's the Lord. Who can do the work? The Lord himself. Give you peace at all times and in every way. At all times means right now in this service. At all times means tonight when you lay your head on the pillow and anxiety and fear is crippling you, and your mind is racing a thousand miles an hour. I pray that the peace of God would grip your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you go home after the service and the house is empty and you're gripped with loneliness, would you get a good dose of the peace of God? When you get up tomorrow and you've got to go for that radiation treatment, I pray that the peace of God would grip you in the name of the Lord. When you get up tomorrow and you go to work and you're not looking forward to going to work with the the peace of God grip you in the name of Jesus. Come on, is there a witness in the house today? What Paul was praying is that peace would permeate every area, every part, every day. Some of you have had a tough few weeks. Some of you have faced something that you've never faced before. i got a word for you today. Jesus is in the house today. Jesus is with you today. Jesus is with you tomorrow. And he wants to give you peace. And my prayer is that you would experience the peace of God today and at all times. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our God. The second prayer, you're going to feel like this, this. these are brought to you by the letter P. They're not, just the first two. A prayer for God's presence. The Lord be with all of you. I love that. Can I give you a nugget of truth? If you're a believer in Jesus, Jesus is in you, which means wherever you go, he goes, which means he never leaves you, he never forsakes you. He's not like your MasterCard that you can leave at home by mistake. He's not your iPhone that you could forget to bring with you. He's with you at all times. He has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never abandoned you. He's with you today. He's with you through your treatment this week. He's with you when you go to work this week. He's with you at all times. Come on. Aren't you glad that Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us? I want to invite the worship band and team to come as I share this final point, a prayer for God's grace. Before I read this, can I tell you what grace is? And I learned an acronym years ago. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. And as I studied the word grace, I learned that this week that it was unmerited, undeserved, unearned. You don't deserve it, but you get it. You want it, and you receive it. It's its favor. Paul says in verse 17, "I, Paul, I write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters." This is how I write. I used to think that this verse simply meant how they knew it was Paul's letter because he wrote it in his handwriting and they recognized his handwriting. And then I was reminded that verses were placed after the Bible was written so we can find where the verses are. And I was reminded that verse 17 and verse 18 connect. In other words, Paul was not just saying to the church in Thessalonica, you'll know this is my letter because you'll recognize my handwriting. Look at verse 18 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. Check it out, every letter that Paul wrote, he ended with the same thing, grace be with you. Grace be with you, God's gift, God's favor. Now I started to ask as I was studying this, what What is the grace of God? Give me some examples. And I didn't have to look too far. If grace is a gift of God, that it's his riches at Christ's expense, where Christ paid it and Christ gave it, and he just puts it in us. He, he just gives it to us freely. He just gives it to us abundantly. Give me some examples of grace. And I and I felt Holy Spirit say, just read the verses before. And Pastor Brad, I started to read the verses before, and I went back. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace one of the grace of God is the peace of God and I pray that you would get a good dose of the grace of peace of God today because some of you you're anxious some of you you're worried some of you you're fretting some of you you're, you're disabled and crippled by fear and I believe what God wants to do today he wants to push back that fear he wants to push back that anxiety and he wants to give you a good dose of the grace of the peace of God not just that not just his peace but his presence there's some of you sitting here Right now, you're like, Where is God in this COVID season? Where is God when I got no money in my bank account? Where is God when I'm walking through this trial? I feel the Lord's gonna give you a good dose of the presence of God. You're gonna feel the presence of God like you have never felt before. And there's a song, Pastor Brad, that you sung and you let us in at the beginning of the service. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I think I can lead it. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Yeah. How many people want the joy? I should. How many people want the joy of the Lord? I'll tell you what the devil's been doing in this season. He's been crippling believers. He's been disabling believers from moving forward in the destiny that God has planned and prepared. There is so much anxiety, so much fear. There is more people than you can imagine in our church family who are telling me, I can't sleep at night. Pastor, I lay my head on my pillow and I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I haven't slept for weeks. I haven't slept for months. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that you would get the best night of sleep that you've ever had in the name of Jesus. I'm praying in the name of the Lord, grace be with you. Come on, Woodville, get on your feet right now. You can't be seated. Come on, get on your feet. I'll tell you something. This is the second morning service, and we got a third morning service. Oh, I get to have this song three times this morning. Pastor Brad, in the first service, as you began to lead, that there's joy in the house of the Lord. I don't know if you saw me. I just started to dance before the Lord. I really tried to contain myself because I didn't want to draw any attention to myself, but I couldn't hold it back because there's joy in the house of the Lord. We got to the second service. And I couldn't hold back. There's joy in the house of the Lord. And I believe what God Almighty wants to do today. He wants to give you grace of joy in the name of the Lord. Grace of peace in the name of the Lord. Grace of his presence in the name of the Lord. The grace of joy in the name of the Lord. I think he wants to set our feet a dance in this morning in the name of Jesus. Paul ended every single letter. Grace be with you all. What is grace? It's a gift of God you can't buy it you can't earn it you can't fabricate it you can't make it it's purchased by Jesus i tell you there's joy in Jesus there is victory in Jesus I declare today he's still my savior my healer my baptizer my soon coming king he's my alpha he's my omega he's my beginning and he's my end and he's my soon coming king and he just might come back today and I'm not going to do anything different today than I did yesterday because every day I get up I give my all to Jesus and there's joy in the house of the Lord come on Whitville I said there's joy in the house of the Lord there's joy there's joy some of you you need a baptism of joy right now in the name of the Lord and I tell you when you get baptized in joy fear goes in the name of Jesus anxiety goes in the name of Jesus I'm tired of the devil crippling and disabling believers in Jesus, I'm praying for a good dumps of the grace of joy and peace and presence of Almighty God. Come on, is there a little witness in the house today? Joy. Come on, Pastor. I'll preach, but you sing. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Oh, this joy. beggars and now we're royalty we were the prisoners but now we are running free we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the Lord sing come on we were the beggars we were the beggars of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. We won't be quiet. No, we will shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. Come on. We shout out your praise. You're close and there's two very important questions I want to ask today. The first question is this: If today was the day that you died, you stepped into eternity. If today is the day that Jesus comes back for his church, are you ready? Do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? I don't want you to walk out this morning thinking you're going to heaven. I don't want you walking out hoping you're going to heaven. I want everyone here on site, everyone watching online before the service closes, knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven you're standing here today you're watching online and you can't answer that question with a definite yes, I know I'm ready. You, you, you can't answer it with a definite yes. My next question is, do you want to be ready? Christianity is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He loved you so much that He died for you. Maybe you never asked Him to be the center of your life, or maybe you did that at one time, but you're standing here today and you're like, I have really, really gone off track, but I want to get back on track for Jesus today. I want him to be the center of my life. And, and here's the deal. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you'd like to be included and led in a prayer to invite Jesus to be the center of your life, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to ask you, as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, to lift your hand. And by lifting your hand, you're letting me know, because I'm looking, that you want to be included in this prayer. So here we go one, two, three. That's you. Just, just lift your hand high. By lifting your hand, you're letting me know, Pastor, I, I want to be led in this prayer. I want to be led in this prayer. Yeah, hands are going up all across this place. You can put your hand down. Thank you for your honesty. I want to lead you in this prayer, and we're going to join you as you pray. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Jesus, come into my life. life. Please forgive me of my sins. sins. I've decided to follow you. I I make my peace as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Can we open our eyes right now? Can we have a little party time? Can we Come on, a little party time. Can we celebrate salvation? There are people on site and people watching online that you gave your heart to Jesus' best decision of your life. And if you don't attend a life-giving Bible-believing church, we'd be honored if you joined us in the journey. You're on site. You invited Christ in your life. On your way out at action table, get a Bible it's free get a little booklet called follow it's free we want to get you into our follow class it's going to help you consider getting baptized in water it's the next step if you're still checking out christianity lots of questions sign up for alpha this is your church get into a connect group it'll change your life trust me and we got over 70 connect groups across the city go to our website this is your church find a place of serving we have a serve class every month and. People are signing up, it's always seemingly full, and we're able to discover your place of serving and release you into your place of serving. And tonight, everybody say tonight. One, two, three, nine, six o'clock. Intergenerational prayer night, boys and girls. Come on, moms and dad. bring the boys and girls, young people, young adults, seniors. It's gonna be safe, it's gonna be COVID friendly. We're going to baptize in water tonight. We're baptizing in water next Sunday morning. We're having communion tonight. We're having communion next Sunday morning. Why not? We're going to come and worship. We're going to come and pray. I, I checked the registration, Brad. Whoa, it, it's, it, it's probably going to be a full house tonight. I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, I just encourage you to sign up for it. it it's going to be powerful. I can't wait. I, I need to tell you, my most favorite time each month is when we come together for prayer. And God's in the house. God's in the house, amen. Just a moment, I'm gonna pray, and I'll tell you the second thing I'm gonna ask in just a moment, I haven't forgotten. But if you come prepared to give of tithes and offerings, there's buckets in the back, debit machines in the lobby, go online, thank you, Woodville, for your ongoing, faithful giving. Thank you for the Christmas hampers, you, you know it, you heard it, you're generous, let's, let's all do it, let's be a blessing for the kingdom of God. If you like personal prayer, at the end of the service, feel free to come and stand at the front, and someone will come and pray for you personally, COVID-friendly. And again, come tonight. But here's question number two. How many people this morning could use just a little extra measure of the grace of joy and the grace of peace in your life? Anybody this morning? Anybody this morning? I I just felt the Lord say to me, not that I'm a spiritual giant. I'm just like you. But The Lord has placed me as your lead pastor, and I believe there's something that God would want someone in leadership to do. I just want to pray that the blessing and the grace of God would flow on every single life today, that there'd be joy, unspeakable, full of glory, peace. So if you need the grace of joy, the grace of his presence, the grace of peace in greater measure today. just. Lift your hands right now all across this place, front to back, way over in the risers, way up in the balcony. Watching online, lift up your hands. Jesus, I pray grace of joy over everyone right now, in them, through them, peace the grace of peace in them and through them in the name of Jesus, the grace of your presence in them and through them in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that we wouldn't just walk out, that this has been good, but I pray this would be a powerhouse week in the name of the Lord. Grace of peace and joy at work tomorrow. Yeah. Grace, joy, and peace when we go home in the name of the Lord. I pray that you you would give us favor and blessing and those gifts of grace in us and through us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of of Jesus I pray it right now in the name of Jesus somebody say amen now put your hands down look this way look this way I'm gonna close with this we're gonna land the preaching plane the Greek word for grace is charis from the English we get charity <laughs> grace is God giving you something that you don't deserve it's it's charity because he loves you. And because you need it more than you can ever imagine. Grace. 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 Evelyn, I love you so much. And we hope you can join us tonight. And we can't wait to see you next Sunday as we begin the Rediscover Christmas series. God bless you. Grace of God be with you. Amen.